This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Welcome to What's Up, Doc? A medical podcast brought to you by Decatur Orthopedic Center and featuring Dr. Sams, Dr. Sullivan, and Newhoff Media's Luke Hiley. All right, everybody, welcome back to What's Up, Doc? Your favorite medical podcast with Dr. Jake Sams and Dr. Sullivan here. Uh, we're high atop downtown Decatur on the sixth floor of the Millican Building, and uh, we're ready to roll. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Good. Good to got. Good to have you guys back in here. Uh, I think it's everybody's favorite time of year. The weather's starting to cool down outside. Uh, we're rolling into uh, week four of the high school football season. Week three in college and um, week two in the NFL. Bears laid a big egg last weekend, which was. Very disappointing to uh, some local football fans, including myself. Um, but still, really glad to have football back. So we're in week two of the NFL football season as well. And uh, are you guys big football fans, big NFL fans, college? What do you guys like? I am a huge Chicago Bears fan. And I got to tell you something. It's been, you know, whatever, almost 40 years since we won a Super Bowl. And they just year in, year out, pretty much completely suck. And I am almost done with them. But not uh, yet. I won't. You know, I, I've been saying that now probably for two decades at least. I, I still haven't given up on them. But but you have a favorite team in every division. <laughs> I do. I have ranked everybody. But I'll tell you this. Let me start from the bottom. Hate the Cowboys. Good choice. Second hated Giants, third Dolphins, and then you know starts. But let's start with the top. It's Bears at the top. Bears and then, at the top. We got and then a, whoever's a, in the no, uh, Super no, Bowl, no, no, no. and then no. this is the guy actually who's you know the Chiefs come around out of nowhere, and next thing you know, all his kids are wearing Mahomes jerseys. Yes, they are. We have a deep connection with Kansas City. That's right. That's right. But uh, but AFC squad is the Browns, and a lot of hype about them forever. I've been on the Browns forever. I get. I can. I can even prove that. So he says I'm a Fairweather fan. Browns are going to be coming around pretty soon, and then everyone's going to say I'm a Fairweather fan. AFC squad is the Browns. Probably my second uh, NFC squad. Saints love the Saints. Always have. You know, I'm more of a college guy. I like college. Uh, my wife's entire family's from South Bend, so I got to say I have married into and I am fully on board with Notre Dame. Uh, I've been following them now for the better part of 20 years, and uh, that's that's my college team. But I like college. Uh, I find Saturday is just a fun day to kind of watch all the madness that unfolds. Which, uh, by the way, is the you know the, that stadium. If even if you don't like football, if you don't like college football, whatever, that's a magic place to to catch a game. Kind of like you hate the Cubs, you got to go to Wrigley Field. You know, it's one of those it's one of those venues. It's just it's perfect. Yeah, it's uh, it's a special place for sure. Um, but going back to the football, you know, I think what's interesting on the football side is I like watching those show uh, HBO's Hard Knocks. And, you know, talking about football, and, and not that I love the NFL that much, but I do like seeing behind the scenes and some of the stuff that I've – one of the teams I like now, you're not going to like this, but after last season's hard knocks, I like Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You I, see behind the curtain yeah. and all of a sudden like the, re, the, the, the real who these people are. 
Was Hard Knocks Detroit last year? Last year. Okay. This year was the Jets. Jets. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love Dan Campbell. I love the Lions. And and you're right. Hard Knocks is like when you see – they seem to ease up a little bit on guys getting the bad news, you know, the cut day and everything, because that is so brutal. Um, But, yeah, that behind the scenes, what they do every day, just how hard it is for these guys. These guys are like, we don't think anything about the preseason, but this is their entire life. Yeah. Some – Worthless preseason game. They're struggling for a roster spot, and it's really cool to see the how high the stakes are. Yeah, Hard Knocks is great. Awesome watch. And speaking of Hard Knocks, you know, obviously the Hard Knocks this year was was the Jets and Oof. the entire, basically the entire season, as well it should have been, centered around Aaron Rodgers and his uh, his. Uh, signing with the Jets and really given uh, giving a fan base similar to the Bears, uh, just a brutal fan base, um, some hope. And that hope lasted all of about four plays yeah, before that's... Aaron Rodgers went down with uh, a torn Achilles. And um, what a brutal and as a diehard Bears fan, I n- not a fan of Aaron Rodgers, never have been for obvious reasons, right. but uh, that that was brutal. Um, so, what did you guys see with the Achilles injury, and what kind of uh, what kind of future and the next year going to look like for Aaron Rodgers? I think it's you know obviously devastating because these guys do pour so much of themselves in the months, you know, really all year long, but in the months getting themselves ready and. You know, how many times has he made a, a move like that and has been fine? And that happens there. It wasn't anything vicious. It wasn't anything crazy. And that Achilles goes. So, you know, I look at that and I'm like, this this next year is going to be, I think it's going to be really challenging because the question is going to be, does he want to go through the next year or is he going to be done? Um, you look at the recent athletes that are marquee household names, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, they get to this age. And I think that's the important thing is age is a big factor of this. They've made this move a million times in their life, and now that it goes, age is the is is one of the key components of that. But you look at Kobe. Kobe tried to come back. He, I mean, his work ethic is second to none, and it still kind of put him into retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you know the the Achilles in general, the topic. It's a it's an interesting topic. Um, and the thing that I think we've talked about this, and we will talk about it this on other episodes, is you. These are superhuman people, these professional athletes, and they have squads of nutritionists, and therapists, and what have you, doctors working around the clock on them. So it's a little bit of a, there's a little bias there, but Dr. Sams is correct. This is, there's a lot that age has to do with it because outside the superhuman athlete realm, it's a weekend warrior injury. The classic uh, injury is some dude does it hasn't been playing ball as much, but he's in his forties, you know, late thirties, and he goes out and he's still got that that competitive, and he goes, you know, he says, ah, I'm gonna be cool, you know, whatever. But he goes like he was twenty, and then I heard a pop. It felt like somebody hit me in the back of the leg with a baseball bat. Classic, right? Like almost every time. And then there's your your MRI shows the Achilles, and um, literally, literally, my dad uh, back in his twenties used to play racquetball um, and quit, obviously didn't play. And I can't, I don't remember what year this was. Uh, sometime in the, 
he was well into his 40s at this point, decided he was going to take racquetball up again. Quite literally, the very first time he stepped on the court, within the first 60 seconds, yeah. ruptured Achilles tendon. Yeah. I mean, quite literally, that is literally exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, we were raised, uh, as far as, you know, the surgery and the rehabilitation, we were raised kind of, of, go fix it, go fix it right away. And I got to tell you, I'm still of that mindset um, because I think about non-surgical treatment, and I don't know how you feel about this, I just kind of like go, there's some really good literature, really, really good science, and it's, Really good science is not always easy to come by. And there's some really good science that says you could go without doing surgery. But again, this is for the for the everyday person, not the elite athlete. I still kind of am of the mind that I want to fix it and I want to fix it right away. But there's also some non-surgical treatment where this can pretty easily be treated without surgery and a lot of proof. To, to kind of back up that route. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely correct. And I think that that's what's interesting about the the American fixation on sports. And even though there were, most of us are not professional athletes, we have professional athletes that have an injury. Now it's a topic of conversation. And when it happens to one of us, your dad or, you know, it's we want the same treatment that Aaron Rodgers got. And, I, and, and, and Aaron Rodgers is undoubtedly going to have surgery. But there are people out there that it's not maybe the right answer for. And it's one of those that having that conversation is very important. But, you know, I had a gentleman, this was a year or two ago, and, you know, he he was loading his boat at the, the boat ramp, right? He slips on a little bit of the, the wet concrete on the boat ramp, pops his Achilles, treated it without surgery, doing great. You know, he's in his, his mid-40s. And it's one of those things, like, it's not the same. The same treatments aren't always necessary for us everyday people people compared to a, a superhuman uh, professional athlete. But it's a, it's a long road uh, for Aaron to get back to what he wants. He can do it, um, but it'll be interesting to see what his mindset is as he approaches this. Mm-hmm. And he'll be – I've already been asked a thousand times, what's he going to go through? Is he going to come back, you know, what have you? And, and people just wonder in, in general. Whatever the, the protocols are, there's all kinds of different, you know, surgeons have different preferences, but I'll just – to put it in a nutshell, he's going to get a surgery. He's going to go through weeks or months of some form of splinting or immobilization, weeks or months of uh, months of some form of rehabilitation until he's in good working order. You know, like mm-hmm. good working order, three to six months, but certainly not football ready for like. Again, these guys are on a a rushed time schedule, and the, like they can play ball, they could do well for at nine months or something or a year. So logically you can get back on the field next next season mm-hmm. but he's in in nfl terms he's an old man yeah he's an old dude so will he get back i don't know i don't, um, I, I don't recall which if it was his left or his right achilles but would that matter as far as his performance would one be worse than the other between his push-off leg or his plant leg i don't think so i believe it was his right It would be his his drive leg. It would be his drive leg. But, you know, when you look at these ruptures and you look at how he went down, it's basically an eccentric contraction. So he's trying to push off, but as he's tackled, his foot and his ankle are going forward. So his tendon unit is elongating. And in doing that, that's when it ruptures, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about 
his ability to drop back and throw off of that because I don't think that that's enough of a force or an eccentric contraction. It is going to be that where he's like, oh, I have to step up into the pocket. I have to go forward, and I'm going to be running. I'm being tackled. That's when that's when mm-hmm. we're all at risk. That's right. the highest risk of an injury is that eccentric contraction like that. So I think that he'll be able to throw. And, I mean, heck, there are – he's actually a guy that I believe is more mobile than people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of guys that have had great careers not being very mobile. Mm-hmm. So I think that he still has a – an opportunity to just mentally, can you go through another entire 12 months before you get back to that? Does he want to? It'll be interesting. And that that sucker, too. I mean, he throws off no platform. He throws with both feet in the air. He's got the quickest release you've ever seen. And, and sidearm, all angles. That is like him and Patrick Mahomes, as far as arm talent, those are, those are the guys, mm-hmm. right? And so what Dr. Sam's saying is right. Like, what exactly does he need? Because he is, I mean, what he can do with that arm without his legs, you know, yeah. is way better than most people. I'll tell you what about Aaron Rodgers. I think he too. could play in a boot? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing, too. You said it. I want to hate Aaron Rodgers because being a diehard Bears fan, I mean, he has been the most frustrating thing in Bears history, I think. Even when the Bears are better, he comes in home field and wins, mm-hmm. and he's cocky about it and everything. I've wanted to hate him. You can't help liking the guy. He's such a an unbelievable athlete, a good dude, good teammate, great competitor. And then to watch him on Hard Knocks mentor this young guy, he did it so cool. And you know, wasn't it cool? Like the like the little how he was a big brother to Zach Wilson. And I felt like, I'm not finished watching Hard Knocks, I felt like he mentored Zach Wilson to where you're starting to see some of that talent come out. And then Zach Wilson, you know, takes it away from the, you know, from the Bills, Mm -hmm. from Josh Allen, uh, you know, this past, was it Monday Night Football, I think? Yep. And uh, maybe Zach Wilson, maybe, you know, having Aaron Rodgers come around and, and, but it's been, it's really rough to watch that. Especially after getting a good look at the more of what kind of person he is on Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. that really sucks. I, yeah, I don't wish that upon him. Yeah, it was rough for sure. But you know, that's that's just part of football. It can happen to. They've done their best over the last decade to um, protect their assets, their quarterbacks. Obviously, the NFL has made no secret that they want their quarterbacks on the field, but it still happens with something as like you said, innocuous, just a typical football play, and bam, his Achilles ruptures. It's it's a inherently violent sport, and it's you know, and I think they have done a good job of making it better, but it's not ever going to be without that risk. And and truthfully, even sports that we would consider non-contact or less contact, it happens. Yep. Right. It just it happens across all ages, all genders, it just happens. Yep. So getting into football season outside of Aaron Rodgers, you know, even here even here locally, you know, let's talk about some of the injuries, some of the typical injuries that you might see in a in a high school athlete, you know, let's talk about an ACL tear and what what that um, encompasses, what what happens, what causes an ACL tear and then how you get back on the field. 
You know, the ACL is so recognized because of all the high-profile sports injuries across all levels that it happens to. It happens at, you know, and what we're seeing is it actually is happening a, a lot, um, even in younger kids that are like, hey, they're not even in their growth spurt yet, and they're you're getting ACLs. So that is a little bit of a problem um, across the board. But, you know, the ACL's job is to keep the tibia centered under the, the femur. And so they think of it as really becoming the most important when you're doing those juke moves, right? That running back, that juking. Um, but what's interesting is we we talk about ACLs and we talk about the contact and the violence of football. Most ACL injuries are non-contact injuries. They are landing. You know, you see some of those highlights where a guy gets a big sack in the NFL and he's jumping up and down and he pops his ACL mm-hmm. celebrating. Yep. It's like you just ran through a semi and took him down and now all of a sudden you're, you're celebrating and, and that goes. So... The ACL is something that it's 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 interesting when it goes, how it goes, but it really is that ligament in the knee that allows for a high degree of athletic performance, and the real shiftiness of the athlete is really predicated on the ACL. Have you seen have you seen an increase in in ACL injuries as even even programs like like DOC's athletic performance programs? Where we are, and it's similar, in my opinion, to the UCL in baseball. Your arm, your UCL can only take a, a, a certain amount of miles per hour that you're throwing. And today, to, in today's day and age, people are getting more and more athletic. They're throwing harder and harder. ACL, they're running faster and faster. They're becoming more athletic. And the ligament, the tendons, whatever, can only take so much of that athleticism before they say, I'm not really built for that. I I really think so. And I think what's important is when we look at ACL, you have a kinetic chain. And so what's interesting is that there's a, a topics that, you know, major sports conferences, we go to these continuing educations and I'm talking about leaders across the country are talking about what is the root cause of the failure. And some of it is the, the athlete is not, muscularly balanced, right? And so they're talking about weakness in the hips being the the thing that caused the the pelvis to drop and now put an increased angle on the knee and then that fails, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're thinking like, man, it was not. And so our program at Athletic Performance at DOC is about the whole athlete, the muscle symmetry. And this is not saying our program is the only one. We have built upon what evidence-based medicine has shown, but our programming has been scientifically proven to decrease the rate of ACL injuries by 53%. Mm-hmm. That's not our study. That's other studies that have been done. And so you look at that and go, wow, this is really an attempt to keep those kids on the field. But it's not just focusing on just their knee itself. It's the whole athlete. Because if one part goes, the force is applied to something downstream. And a lot of times, that point of failure can be the ACL. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the talking about, we do see there seems to be increases in it. And it's because of the one sport athlete thing. You know, you're when you're doing one thing, and so the the imbalance is a, is a major issue. So, for example, like fe- young female, like adolescent females, they're at risk for ACLs, right? And they're a soccer player, very common too. Mm-hmm. And they see a famous soccer player, and they got these. There's female with these bulging quads, so they want to go do a million, you know, quad sets. So they get the same thing, and they disregard their hamstring, right? So that that imbalance between the two basically sets them up for an ACL failure. Mm-hmm. So that's why there, there's the importance of, you know, 
um, not to get too far into our sports program or what's involved in it, but that those are the ideas there is to use all muscle groups, overall body balance, symmetry, and um, to prepare yourself for those kind of moves. And so if you are a one sport person, let's prepare the rest of the body too. So you're not predisposed to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah, what Dr. Sam's is correct is like, it's, that is dramatic. Yep. 53% for, you know, for sports enhancement, for, for injury prevention programs, 53%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay. So let's talk about the other side of things. Somebody has already torn their ACL. What, what's uh what's an ACL reconstruction surgery uh, consist of? What's it look like? You know, well, the first I've, thing, go ahead. Yeah. Dr. Silver. Yeah. First thing I'd say is people come in with an ACL and they're like, when's my surgery? And the answer to that is maybe you don't need a surgery. Right. And so that, that's where you, you talk about the whole patient. And I always tell people too, a couple of things about the ACL. Two people get an ACL. One person goes, gets a reconstruction. One gets treated without surgery. Both of them go on later in life to get their knee replacement. Right. Because what, what happens is that injury, if it's a bad enough injury, it's not just an ACL. There's also a nick in the cartilage, a tear in the meniscus. There's some other damage that occurs there. And then you go through either, you know, that injury, it occurs at the injury and the trauma of surgery and the, and the difficulty of rehabilitation. Both of those things, that's a knee that's going to get its knee replacement later in the future. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. You know, some people say, I want my surgery to avoid this surgery later. That's not necessarily true. Now, a grossly, horribly unstable knee. Yeah, you want it. You want to fix that to avoid future problems. The other thing um, is what is going on as far as, so you, you, you went skiing, you felt a pop, and some people finish their ski run, right? And they mm-hmm. just feel weird. Um, and it does, and it kind of hurts and it's swollen, right? Yeah. Then there's wimps like me. When I tore my ACL, I was rolling around on the ground screaming like a baby. <laughs> Well, you know, there's different versions of it too. I, I actually did have a really bad, call it a bone bruise, right? So there's different there's different conditions you come in with. And really what it boils down to, what I like to do, I don't know exactly how you feel about this lately, but I like people to get a little prehab beforehand. I like their knee to cool off. I like the fluid, the swelling. You know, if they come in, it's really angry and nasty. I like to do that, kind of let it cool off and, and maybe even do some rehab beforehand. It depends on the person. But the question I ask is, what it comes down to me is instability, right? So if you're an athlete and you play basketball, you just, you can't trust this thing. I cannot cut to the basket. I, it just doesn't feel right. Slam dunk surgery for me, mm-hmm. right? If you tore your Achilles, or I mean, tore your ACL on a ski run and you really don't do much else, we could get you strong and feeling good and you feel stable for what you do in life and you're in your late thirties. You don't really need it. Does right? the ACL regenerate? No, no, no. That sucker's toast. Okay. And, but, there's, and there's a lot with that. And I think that's another topic I want to inger- interject is like one of the new things is when you talk about your ACL, it is an ACL reconstruction. We are going to take a part of you, either your hamstrings, your patellar tendon, your quadricep tendon, and we're going to make a new one Mm -hmm. because it doesn't heal. Now, there is some renewed interest and maybe a little bit too much noise for my liking of people that are going to do an ACL repair. They're going to try to sew it together. 
The results are not promising. The results are not superior to what we've been doing. And if I would, I would challenge that you go find any professional athlete with access to the most prestigious doctors and institutions around the country, they're not getting that, mm -hmm. right? But in general, it is an ACL reconstruction where we use another ligament and say, let's build a new one. Now, the truth of it is, is that those other ligaments are stronger than the native ACL, right? If you look at the overall tensile strength of them, it is better than what you had. I'm not saying that your ACL reconstruction is better than your native knee, but it is stronger. So your chances of re-tearing are actually very low, mm -hmm. um, but it is something that we're going to use that reconstruct the ACL uh, because it won't heal. And, and being inside the joint there, it, you could let it sit there. It's not going to heal. Um, ACLs too. Dr. Sams was was talking about this, it being a non-contact injury, right? So it's it's fun to like, we'll, I'll be sitting around with my cousins or my brothers and you're watching, you know, some, you're watching some ball and I'll go, see you see them around on the ground, say that's an ACL. And they're like, how do you know? You know, the doctors aren't even out there. And it's because you could see the mechanism. And I tell people, Google um, uh, Julian Edelman, right? Julian Edelman, supremely conditioned athlete, run a billion routes. And you watch his ACL and you're like, really? That's it? That's a, a maybe a season, uh, it's a season ending, maybe career ending injury. You know, it's almost, it's weird how sometimes it's almost, almost nothing. It's usually a non-contact injury. It's the knee bending and twisting a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's almost sometimes like gets caught on the turf or you just maybe just cut a little bit wrong and it's almost yeah. like an unlucky thing, mm -hmm. you know? But it's, it, uh, when you when it's a contact injury, it's there's usually other injuries involved. Right. And we talked about earlier Aaron Rodgers, you know, the return to play. After an ACL, it's a big deal. He's going to spend about a year. Right. And I know that in, in from a surgeon, you know, and, and people will doctor shop and they'll say, oh, I'm going to go, this guy can get me back in six months. And there's always that balance or pressure to get this young athlete back in time for this season or the next season. And it's really a challenge. And it's a point that we have to slow down and really make sure they understand. And I don't like to return any young athlete before nine months and between that nine months and a year. And if you look at the pro sports, they do, they do the same thing. But if you go back to those activities early, your risk of re-tearing that is very high. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing they have to know, right? You want to go back to a new sport in six months? You're really rolling the dice. And if it was my kid, I wouldn't do that, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that's one other factor into the ACL is like, it's a big enough injury. It takes the best athletes. It takes the best doctors. It takes everybody uh, really about a year to get back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so at a high school athlete, this is week four, tears his ACL this Friday night. Um, he would be looking at the beginning of next of next football season, very likely before he can expect to return to athletics in general. Yeah, and I think that we to to be clear on that, I would have him in that entire year doing physical therapy, and you know you're going to get back to range of motion, walking, running, straight line running, because we don't need our ACL a ton in straight line running. But when you're talking about the juking and the maneuvers of that, you're going to have some of that. So my goal would be, hey, this athlete has full range of motion, great strength. We kind of look at the numbers of strength that I want that injured or the rehabbed leg to be 80% as strong as his contralateral uninjured leg. That's just kind of a rough estimate of mm -hmm. what you can do. And so you want to get that strength back and do all that. 
But I would be looking like when they start doing their workouts in June, right? They're out there in their preseason. Right. That's when it'd be like, okay, you're back, you're, right? Yeah, right. So it's not like you have to wait until exactly week one to say, now get into an mm-hmm. athletic um, type experience where you're, you're 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 being chased. What I would want to see, and what's kind of really cool is, is having the ability to assess the athletes. You know, one of the things that we've built at DOC is the the the, the venue to test an athlete, right? So let's say we have a volleyball girl. She tears her ACL. She's wanting to get back. And what we need to make sure that she has the right mechanics of landing. And this is something we work on with our young athletes in athletic performances. Do you land the right way? If you don't have the muscle balance to land, you are at a high risk of an ACL. So we have the ability to say, okay, now go. Uh, my wife will hate when I say this spike of volleyball. She says it's a hit. It's not a spike. But nonetheless, <laughs> do you hit a volleyball? If you land in the wrong position, you're not ready to return to sport. Mm-hmm. So we can, because the athlete's going to tell you, I'm ready. Are you really, right? right? But we need their muscle control to be such that they can do their sport and have their mental focus on the sport and let their body be so well rehabbed and conditioned that it is in the proper mechanics to minimize a re-injury. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, listen, we, we believe in athletics. For, for young folks, there's nothing better than athletics for, for you know, learning life lessons. But be, listen to your body and... And also be honest with yourself. You know, if you're if you're not ready, and it's Friday Night Lights now, and you're it's next season, don't just say, "Well, it's next season, I'm have to return." And also, this is your knee for your life. If you're not going to play college ball and you're not ready, then be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and listen to your body. Yeah, um, we're not all Adrian Peterson, right. you know, and. Uh, the, again, I can't say it enough about what those, the the things that they have backing them up to return to sport. But um, if everything goes right, somebody does it tonight, they can get back to sports next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of return to play, and you know that need for the rest of your life, how about uh, how about concussions and the way. Um, the way technology has changed the way that that you as as surgeons and doctors uh, view concussions and and return to play on something that isn't so necessarily obvious. I'll tell you this, you know, there's I sit around and watch football with my brothers and they're they're all old school guys and they're like, oh, this is wussified, you know, all these protecting the quarterback, you know, and, and then they talk about it being billion dollar business and you're just doing it. No, I actually am very happy about kind of taking some of the violent edge off of football. I mean, I grew up in a time when I played football, we weaponized the helmet. I remember coaches telling us to stick them with your helmet, you know, make make their bell ring, do all that kind of stuff. And now we know the dangers of it, guys. Micro hits, you know, leading to CTE. So you play for a little bit of junior football, some high school, and maybe a year or two of college. The number of hits you take and that can lead to CTE and what CTE does. And then there's phenomenon like the second hit, you know, where you have one concussion, you know, you kind of get back to sport, a second concussion kills you. It's all extremely scary. So I'm happy, although I'm not an expert and I'm and and in fact we don't see our clinic as the, the place of expertise for that. They're, you know, sports medicine docs and neurologists who are, but we are, we may be involved in making sure that kiddo is 
is not return to sports irresponsibly. Mm -hmm. I am very happy to see the, uh, the kind of pullback on the reins. I do not consider wussification, you know, because guys are, you see on hard knocks, they're wearing the pads on their helmet and everything. And I'll say, tell you too, let me throw this in there before I forget kids listening who play football hit with your chin. Don't drop your head. C-spine injuries, broken necks, very rare, but it happens when you drop your head and they're usually flexion injuries of the neck as opposed, you know, as opposed to extension. So, but what I mean by that is if you pick up your head, you're, it's, it's not going to break your neck snapping back that way. If you drop your head, you'll break your neck snapping forward, mm -hmm. if, if that makes any sense. So hit with your chin. Don't weaponize the helmet. Don't, don't spear, um, live to fight another day. Yeah. You know, but concussions, uh, it's a, it's a major topic. And, and I, I just kind of open up the discussion of that saying, I'm, I'm glad. And there should be some, some real caution involved. I think that, the, I think that the awareness is out there. I think we've, there's, there is the awareness that is necessary. What I would want listeners to know is that we have to be hyper aware in the younger athletes. Um, brain is still developing. Yes. But if you look at it, there's been studies that show the number of hits are much greater in the younger athletes because we're playing both sides of the ball, right? Once you get to college, you're more often playing on one side of the ball. Mm -hmm. So the, the number of cumulative hits, now they may be more violent because the force of the athlete then is generated is greater as they get bigger and stronger. But these young kids are getting these, you know, as you said, micro hits. It's a lot. So you have to be very on guard of that and not think of this as only an NFL problem or a college problem. This is a youth league football problem that needs to bring you know awareness at the same level. And I think it is. I'm not saying that it's deficient mm -hmm. in that, but moms and dads and, and, and everybody needs to be aware of that as well. Especially linemen, you know, bigger kids at that age are going to be playing defensive line and then they're going to turn right back around and play line on the other side of the ball. And that is they are hitting somebody on literally every single play of the entire football game. Yeah. I yeah. remember my linebacker coach, like come, I'd come off the field and he'd be, he'd say, so you got your buzz yet? Just because like we, that's like literally you're like, you get that bell ringing and that was football then, mm -hmm. you know? And I, it's, that is some really unhealthy stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you what, someone from the JFL is probably going to call me and complain about me saying this, but I'll tell you this. I used to love playing football. I used to love the violence of football, of hitting and getting hit. That's really, that's really a young man. It's a, a lot of fun. And I, I remember I went to play intramural flag football in med school. And I kind of thought, this is kind of corny, but they need another guy. <laughs> yeah. And I went out and played flag football, and it was a blast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was football. It was every bit you know, yep. the same thing of, you know, running and catching, passing and defending. And so, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Learn the game, flag football, save yourself from micro hits until you're in high school, mm -hmm. you know. Um, nothing wrong with that. Sorry, JFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as somebody and as somebody who has a four-year-old who loves sports with with every fiber of his <laughs> being, I, I'm already thinking about football and and I won't stop him from playing football if he wants to. I think there are a lot of lessons. I think you work, you're faced with a lot of a physical adversity in football. You know, it, it hurts. You know, you have to push through 
both mentally and physically. I think there are a lot of good things that come from football, but I can envision myself being, you know, nervous, you know, up there watching, watching football. And I won't be the most upset person if maybe he decides that he doesn't like football, you know, I mean, that's, and, and I love football, uh, but it's different when it's your four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to make that. And, you know, but the thing is, we've been talking about sports injuries and, you know, this isn't a pro football. I also enjoy watching it. Sports injuries happen to every sport, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and you, you're going to have each sport has its own overuse injuries or the injuries that put them at the most risk and they're out there. So I don't want to act like football is the only one, but definitely the level of violence is, is uh, taken to another level. Interesting fact, though, the number one uh, sport for concussions is actually hockey. Mm-hmm. Hockey per player or uh, yeah per number of of uh, participants hockey has the greatest percentage overall are you talking about youth or yes, youth. yeah is that just because they move so much faster on skates than they do on feet yeah yeah also surprisingly i know you guys don't consider this a sport <laughs> soccer <laughs> a lot and the headers you know guys going up for headers girls going mm-hmm. up for headers and bonking heads with one another and from the soccer ball itself yeah headers so I know. I always wonder how they do that because I've played around with that, and I'm like, this is awful. Haven't they? Have they stopped? Is is head our head balls? Have they made those illegal at no, younger ages? No, I mean, there's no way. I I don't know. Maybe for younger ages, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's certainly. I mean, it's a very important part of the game. You know, like mm-hmm. corner kicks and stuff. That is. I mean, they drill them. So they drill them over and over. So like there was, I remember when I played soccer, we, there were drills, corner kicks, one after another. One guy goes and does a corner kick, and guys were running up to do headers. Yeah. So you're doing headers over and over. I'm guessing with the CTE that we know about now, maybe that's a little bit less probably, prevalent in practice. <laughs> that soccer ball is not soft. It's not. It is not. I almost got you guys admitting it's a sport. I, it's, it's not that. I've soccer never. is absolutely a sport. It is not my favorite sport. Am I outing that you guys on, I, on soccer hands? That is how I feel about haters. it. I respect somebody that can run around nonstop for two hours because I can't. <laughs> but just not my favorite one to watch. Exactly. Yes, I can't I can't sit here because I have am absolutely horrible at basketball. I can't sit here and say it's not a sport. I didn't say I was horrible at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you playing. Soccer. Yeah, not a lot of six nine guys out there on the pitch, are there? Maybe I could be goalie. Yes, absolutely. Oh, all right, guys. I really appreciate you coming in today. I think this was an awesome conversation. Um, you know, really, really important stuff. So um, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you back for the next one. See you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.